2: This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Moats on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR.
0: Blitzing on a Friday. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler having some fun as we always do.
2: Did you just make that sound like a little adverb right there? Blitzing. blitzing, Blitzing. We blitzing. Blitzin blitzin'.
0: Yeah. Shout out to the radio station. Blitzers. Hey, you know what Dest you know what the Stellers are known for? Blitzing. blitzing. That was like
2: Donner and them boys. You know what? Teach, and Common. You know what? Te- and, and what's that? What the red one? Rudolph. Oh, Rudolph. Yeah, that one. Mason. Dasher, we got a Rudolph. Dancer, Prancer. So we got a Rudolph, Vixen,
0: Comet, Cupid, Donner, Dixin.
2: Yeah, I don't Blitzin. know any
0: Vixens. Dixin, Blitzen, Blitzen, Blitzen. I think that's what you do is you you just make sure you get four or five of the reindeer correct. And you just and then isms. you can just kind of make noise. that yeah, sound it. like Donner, Dada, Clever, Cupid, Dins Comet, Dixon, Dixon, What you just said right there sound about right to me. And Rudolph, of course, can't can't forget, him. Can't forget about the red nose. Uh, mozi before we get back into some Stuller specifics here, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know sometimes uh, people have have tweeted us this before, and they've mentioned this to to you and I before. But it is true. It's an old radio adage that sometimes the best conversations happen during the breaks.
2: This All is right? true. The- I don't want us to talk what we were talking because we talked about you know we talked about some stuff during our breaks. I, we, nah, this one isn't bad. Don't oh, worry. Okay, I was about to say, man, don't don't, don't pull don't up one of them don't. ones, man. I got wife and kids, bro. Don't, come on, man. I got a career I'm trying to don't have worry. here, man. No, no, don't get us thrown off this air that day. I ain't trying. I got a and not trying. Wife not on Friday, bro. Come, come on, man. man. Look, I don't want to come home early like, hey, babe, I got a lot more free time now. Like we don't want to do that today.
0: <laughs> Motzi, uh. The NFL story that is being debated everywhere last night and today. Can you swing helmets in practice and not get in trouble? Can you swing helmets in practice and not get in trouble? If if you haven't seen it yet, I'm not like maybe you're someone who's not very active on social media, and maybe you're really only plugged into the Steelers. But yesterday, the Rams and the Bengals had a joint practice, which I think we can all agree was just a bad idea. Yeah, let's have the the Super Bowl rematch joint practice. That one key I was thinking the same thing. A, that will like, spill over with the emotions. joint
2: practices that I've participated in. We had no type of like big. Previous season game history, so it was like us versus Buffalo. We hadn't played Buffalo at that time. Us versus Detroit, we hadn't played Detroit, so it was like it's cool, it's a vibe. Like you gonna beef, but it ain't the None. same. Those guys just took a ring right. off my finger <laughs> and, a if, few if, months ago. If they would have had us have joint practices against the New England Patriots the year day, knocked us out the AFC Championship game, mm-hmm. how do you think them how practices would have went? That, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. If, if it was us versus the Cincinnati Bengals after the birth fix situation, how do you think that game would have went? How so do you think those practices would have went, man. I'm very much a don't hate the player, hate the game. <laughs> This, like, in this bruh. situation, uh,
0: but yeah, the the big debate now is should anything happen to Aaron Donald, who was you know swinging helmets, and, and when a fight broke out in practice, um, pretty violently, not just casually, you know, pretty violently. And of course, there's been a lot of Browns fans that are you know Miles Garrett got six games for doing this. What it, did it, um is practice versus game, Is it the same thing? Is it is, different? What did
2: Herm Edwards say about when you play? Do you play to to lose or you play to win? You play to win the game. So I think it's the same context when you're gonna have fist the cuffs, you fist the cuffs to win the game. Just things that simple. And for those that say Miles Garrett was suspended, the difference to me was one was during a actual NFL game, whereas this is yes. a practice setting. Yes, also, I agree with that. on top of that, when you're talking about just the difference of um, what is allowed, fights happen all the time in shared training camp practices. You remember a year ago, Antonio Brown punched the uh, was it the Miami Dolphins receiver uh, DB in the face. Like and oh, it was it Titans guy? I think it was the Titans. They, whoever they were with, with punched him in the face. Yep. It's like that. That that's a common thing, man. I know even we when, all remember the famous DeAndre yeah, Hopkins versus absolutely. D'Angelo Hall like, like ten years ago. That, that's that's <laughs> that's normal. So it's like when you talk about you know him fighting in the practice, the worst thing is just the optics of him swinging the helmet. And if it was no video, you're not even talking about that. Hundred percent. That's just the reality, you know. But um, <clears throat> maybe a fine. I don't even know, though, but because you, that would have to be it's, it's something that's probably in the CBA. And,
0: and it's got, I don't th- think it has to come from the team. It has to come from the team. Fights and if I'm them.
2: Aaron Donald <laughs> and you're about to fine me for fighting the team that we just played in the Super Bowl.
0: Hate the player, not the and, game. And, and we already know, with, the game, and, and the you know how
2: intense these practices are. It's like, come on, man. What are we doing here? It's true. Like if you don't want that energy, don't put us out there with them.
0: I, I can't. Like, that, that was my biggest that's, takeaway. That's always when the energy I with saw that. the video yeah. all over social media yesterday. Yeah. My biggest takeaway was why in the he double yeah. hockey sticks are the Rams and the Bengals Come having a joint
2: practice? Because that's definitely what we said. Is um, anytime it was like, yo, if it's a fighter here, like we're not taking no L's. Like that was yeah. that's clearly communicated amongst your your teammate, hey, bro. We don't take L's if it ever comes to that. I don't care if it's the last guy on this roster. If he's throwing down, we all throwing down out there. So yeah, man, I I, I This let's what get, you want. Let's get Alabama and Georgia to have
0: some right. joint practices. Okay.
2: This what you want. Let's get the let's get the Celtics and the Warriors right. to have some joint practices. Like you you want to if you you could go ahead and do it if you want to. Astros and Red Sox? Yeah. Come on now. You got the trash cans or not? <laughs> that means change up. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> mozi I was uh checking out NFL.com yeah okay and you know that there was an article on there that caught my attention. I like when it gets your attention. 2022 NFL roster Bubble notable players who could be traded or cut mm-hmm. And I'm not kidding you. imagine this the first name on the list of potential trade candidates on NFL.com is Mason Rudolph. Mm-hmm. here's their logic. If Nick Mullins can be traded then Rudolph certainly can. I'm not at all certain that a new deal will come together, uh, as this has played well into August. Yet Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett represent the present and the future, respectively, at quarterback in Pittsburgh. Pickett's strong play of late could compel the Steelers to go with two quarterbacks on the 53-man roster to start the season. Trading Rudolph would free up a roster spot and allow Pittsburgh to potentially recoup something of value in return for him now, as opposed to hoping he'll factor into the compensatory pick formula. In 2024, the biggest question, do the Steelers want to trade him? End of NFL.com article well, right we, up on Mason Rudolph. I think that is the biggest question, is do the Steelers want to trade him? Well, based on what Omar Khan has what said. Based on what Omar Khan has said, yeah.
2: yeah. That's not what they're looking to do That's right now, no. man. I mean, because at the end of the day, you have three quarterbacks that you can win with. I think all three of these dudes, Mason, Kenny, and Mitch, have showed that, hey— Whatever may happen in terms of who starts or not, injuries and stuff like that, any of those three dudes can win you a game on any given night. And I think that that's something that you feel positive about. That's something that you hang your hat on. Now from there, it's more so how do you want to construct your roster? Do you want to do it where you just carry two guys and you move Mason for the sake of moving him? You could do that, but I don't really think you have to financially. His cap hit is extremely small. His salary this year is extremely small relative to the position you don't lose anything by having him if any you just prevent a worst case scenario like 2019 where you move Dobbs Ben gets hurt week two and now you're sitting here with Mason and you have to elevate a Duck Hodges who ends up starting for you at a time in the season and then you ultimately have to switch back and stuff I think if you keep Mason you avoid that you have a little bit more comfortability there mm-hmm. but I still think it becomes very crowded if you potentially bring back a Chris Oludukin for that practice squad that, you know, we kind of are anticipating happening because now all these dudes aren't getting those reps, you know? That's not how it works, especially during the season where the reps matter a lot more from a practice uh, perspective and stuff like that. But, yeah, I think that as a whole, man, you're you're, you're good either way. I just don't don't think they need to move him, though, unless they truly want to. I don't think they have to. I think that they can still be fine knowing that they got three legit guys that can help them win this year.
0: I think so too, and you know you're probably not going to get much back in the way of a compensatory pick. You know, mm-hmm. if, if if Mason Rudolph just ends up playing out this year and, and and signs a deal with somebody else, now there is obviously a scenario where Mason Rudolph ends up playing a few games for the Steelers. He looks good, then maybe that value goes up next year in free agency, and and maybe you do end up with a third or fourth round compensatory pick. But that would be, you know, something would have to happen to Mitch Trubisky. We all think at this point something would have to happen to Kenny Pickett for that to be the case as well, too. That feels like a a, a bit of a long shot, if if we're being honest. Um, But I still think that there's potentially more value in having him around than, okay, we can get a fifth or a sixth round pick for him. And Mm -hmm. I don't want to downplay fifth
2: or sixth round picks. Heck, I'm sitting next to one in the studio right now. I don't want him to beat me up. No, but in terms of the... Probability, because that's what it's all like. I'm an outlier. Six-rounders don't play nine years. Outlier. And that's fine. When we're talking about the value of a Mason being on your roster versus the value of that potential fifth at best Mm -hmm. or sixth or seventh round Mm -hmm. pick, yeah, the probability of that player giving you more than what Mason would give you this year is not as high. And I would agree with you on that. So, yeah, that's kind of my energy with it. Unless I'm getting a groundbreaking fourth-round pick or something like that, I don't really want to move Mason just for the sake of moving him because that's what it seems like when we're to, oh, you get a sixth round pick, oh, you get a seven round pick, oh, you get a Mark Robinson. Yeah, for every Mark Robinson, I can name how many others that aren't Mark Robinson, that Correct. have failed as seventh round draft picks. The list is a lot longer for those mm-hmm. that weren't good in the sixth and seventh than it is for those that are good, that are good mm-hmm. in the sixth and seventh. So, With that, I would much rather roll with a Mason being here and knowing that I have just an even higher end insurance policy, especially when we talk about this office line, especially when we're talking about sample sizes that are very small for both Kenny and Mitch. Who knows what these guys are going to look like and don't act like first round draft picks don't be bust because over the past four years, we can name a lot or we can name a nice list of failed quarterbacks or guys that you're asking yourself hey this is your last leash can Tua Valor really show that he's the guy Josh Rosen can he really show like Danny Dimes so when I'm thinking oh Zach Wilson like Baker Mayfield you know we can go down his list and these are higher pedigree guys in certain elements so there is no guarantee even in that regard so that is another part where it's like man you have the most familiarity with this dude. You've already seen him come and help you out, get you out of a stadium Mm -hmm. or two. So you have that also working in his favor. So that's why for me, man, it's like, unless I'm getting something fourth round or better, and you could get that or better if the situation is right. If you're the Detroit Lions and Jared Goff got hurt going into week one or got hurt in week two, well, now you're like, okay, the number just went up. But me trying to get Mason Rudolph to have that type of value right now for Detroit, it's not there. Why would it be? So those are some of the things, man, in terms of like with Mason, why I'm not as big on moving him just for the sake of moving him. I don't think you need to.
0: I'm with you there. And I also think, too, you know, sometimes holding your cards, you, you end up with more value. Mm-hmm. Say it's week three or four. OK, because just because, you know, let, let's do this hypothetical. We'll go down this road for just a second. Say uh, the Steelers don't trade Mason Rudolph here before the season starts. That doesn't mean that they couldn't trade him at some point we in until the, the week six? Until week six. So let's say <clears throat> it's week four mm-hmm. and the Minnesota Vikings. Who? Minnesota Vikings. Oh, hey, Lizzo. Are three and one, and Kirk Cousins picks up a knock, picks up an injury, and he's going to be out for five weeks. And the Vikings go, well, We're three and one. We got a nice roster. We think we can make the playoffs this year. We just we need somebody to to hold the fort for us until Kirk gets back in November. The captain. And you don't think maybe some of that's the desperation that that you know that you're alluding to a little bit where a team would suddenly say, mm-hmm. "Okay, yeah, we'll give you a fourth rounder." Maybe it'll be a, four, a conditional fourth and right. potentially, you know, if we end up doing such and such and he plays so many and games, goes and it this. goes to a Absolutely. third rounder. Something like that. There could still be value in holding on to that as an option. Not saying that it definitely happens that way, obviously. But sometimes, too, the value is in keeping him right now. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that by week three or four or five or six that it'll be the same conversation. You could still leave that door open, and you could end up, um, you know, maybe having some teams who are kind of backed into a corner a little bit, and all of a sudden you've got the leverage in in those conversations. Mm -hmm. That's always a possibility as well, too. So. Yeah, as it stands right now, I would be surprised um if he was traded before the season started. From what we've heard from Omar Khan and just how it feels that they're they're willing to let this thing play out.
2: Pretty fair, man. Pretty fair? Pretty fair. Pretty pretty fair. But that's why it's Mason Rudolph, baby. Shout out to that man. Shout out He's been handling his business, man. To our red nosed reindeer. No, he's
0: been handling his business, though. Because he has, he realistically, is. you
2: can't talk about trade value if he has not done what he's done this preseason. It's
0: A lot of the same right. people who are saying he stinks, he's terrible, yeah. are the same ones saying trade him for a fourth
2: round pick. Yeah. That means he's improved. How's that work? Yeah, make it make <laughs> Explain sense. Explain that one to me. Make that make sense.
0: <laughs> uh, mozi we're going to get to the tweets here in just a second. All right, we're going to get to your tweets a little bit earlier because we've got Brian Backo of the Post-Gazette. He is uh, doing some locker room availability right now. He'll come uh, join the show with the good stuff as it relates to Sunday's final preseason outing against the Detroit Lions. Before we get to your tweets here, though, uh, some fresh audio from Dan the south side, Arthur Motz. Let's do it. Mike Tomlin just talking uh, about the Steelers' secondary.
1: Season-like uh, Thursday work for us, I was really appreciative of the card units and told the team that after practice. You know, our work is really kind of defined by the quality and the detail and the competitiveness of the looks that we get. And uh, I really like the competitive spirit and the playmaking display by the, by the show teams. I really think it challenges us all to get better and um, creates the type of environment that we need to keep this train moving. Um, obviously, our target is Sunday, and so um, tomorrow we're ready for some situational ball, put the finishing touches um, on a mock week. But uh, to this point, it's been good. I like the feel that we, we're getting there. Hopefully, the detail will show up in our play and, 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 uh, and our understanding will show up in our play relative to our plan and the situations that we put them in. I'll pause and open it up for questions. With the way uh, your three outside corners are capable and moving around, how do you think that's played out for you guys? Uh, it's been good. Uh, the versatility of guys is an asset to us, particularly in the secondary. I think guys that are central to that are Cam Sutton and like Trey Norwood are guys that you see move around and do a lot of things. Uh, Maker is a component of that. Uh, it provides a lot of versatility for us, certainly. Is a guy like Levi Wallace coming in new house and kind of fit in? Levi's an easy fit. Um, he's a low maintenance guy. He's sharp. Uh, he's competitive. He stays close in coverage. Uh, it's, it's been pretty much seamless. What
0: made you want to bring in the new guy yesterday?
1: Uh, we're just going to continue to turn over to get the best collective we can in this process in an effort to find the appropriate 53. It's just a function of business this time of year.
0: How difficult is it for a guy to jump on a moving train this late into the, the summer?
1: Difficult, but not impossible, certainly. Now that he's got a, a string of practices together, uh, what are you looking for? What do you mean by the string of practices? He, uh, he missed some time earlier. He's been, to, you know, he's been consistently. Oh working. Yeah, he's, he's having good days right now. We're just singly focused on preparing ourselves for Sunday's performance. And, and that's where we are. And he's just a part of that process. Uh, th- today is a big day regarding some of the pressures and things that you see on possession downs. And so he's been a component of that. Good work day.
0: When I come to this last preseason game, uh, the running backs behind Naugie, I mean, what are you looking for from those
1: guys? Production, uh, ball security, uh, playing without the ball, um, their, their, their contributions and production in the team's game is a component of that. That's something we highlighted this morning in the team setting, not only for them but all the guys that are trying to add value to their causes. Um, special teams is a legitimate component of the game and those that, that, that have skills in that area, it helps them and it helps us.
2: Anyone else? Coach, what are you seeing out of Tyler Vons? What do you like about him?
1: You know, boy, how about the playmaking at the end of games? Um, can't say enough about that. The end stadium things we respect, uh, but beyond that, man, he's a capable and willing worker out here. He's uh, versatile from a positional standpoint, um, like like some of the things I'm seeing from him for sure. What's the difference you'd like to see between last week's defense and this week? You know, just the growth associated with, with seven, eight days this time of year, and that's a lot. Um, you know, I just think the growth is is, is significant this time of year. Uh, you gain a lot from those in-stadium experiences, and I think it's reasonable to expect us individually and collectively to take a big step uh, really kind of in all areas from, from the second opportunity to the third and so forth. When we talked to T.J. Law earlier, he mentioned that he's an open book for the younger guys, but he's not going to, like, force his knowledge onto them. Have you seen younger guys approach him and ask for his advice? that's just part of business at this level. He's a guy that does it at a high level and does it right. And so he attracts attention and and rightfully so. Um, but at the same time, you know, he's got to get TJ ready. And so um, I understand his perspective in terms of that. On
0: that note, Mike, um, you know, TJ is an obvious one for guys to seek out, but this time of year, you see a lot of the undrafted veterans helping out the guys who are in those shoes now? Is it almost an unspoken thing? I,
1: I think you'll see all veteran guys helping younger guys. It's just a component of the team, it's a component of our culture that we cultivate and, and appreciate um, and we do so intentionally.
0: Mike Tomlin there, always intentional from mm-hmm. the Stellar's head coach. He's as the most intentional he, uh, of the intentionals. As he speaks there on getting ready for uh, for preseason week number three against the Detroit Lions. Let's get to some of these tweets here before mm-hmm. we uh, before we take our final break of this program uh where where were we here of course i had the bookmarks and now i lost them okay here oh we go randy tweets us what's up randy uh any chance that they could test a marvin Leal at outside linebacker edge i don't think so right he's had the body transformation to play on the inside of 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 that line
2: yeah um i don't think he's athletic enough to play out there personally um his athletic ability as a d As an interior D lineman or a five technique DN is night and day when you're talking about playing in space and standing a guy up. If you stand him up, he's going to look more similar to a Rondell Carter playing out there in that space Mm -hmm. versus, you know, looking like the ultra athlete that he is on the interior. Now, he can run straight line, yes, but it's a difference between running straight line and when I'm asking you to stand up and rush the passer out of a two point stance, study your natural coming out of a three point and bursting. Just the mechanics of that. Also, when I think of um, asking him to do some of the coverage stuff. The buzz dropping. That's the other part of playing outside linebacker here in Pittsburgh. He's he don't have he doesn't have the hips for that. But yeah, he he's built like a D tackle, man. Like, yeah, you watch he's him. built.
0: He, he's, yeah. Um
2: look at a couple of those screenplays when he's out there watching run. He he runs extremely well, straight line. Absolutely. But that's it's more than just being a fast guy. It's kind of like when people would bring up Ryan Shazier in the past. Like, oh, why don't you put him in safety? He runs four three. Yeah, but Shay don't got four three safety hips. It's a difference. <laughs> you put those hips back there on that and that half and that post, and and it's not the same. Plenty of fast guys out here in the football player. I mean, I mean, plenty of fast guys play football at the NFL level, but you also have to have like the athletic ability and the understanding and, and certain things like that. Where it's just more than just a simple. Well, it can work on the game, because on the game you can get away with a lot of that stuff. Yeah. I, I do it on the times of the game, too. So. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just <laughs> it's a little different.
0: I'm I serious, man. All, you I it you can push
2: that, you can push that safe during the game. That was gonna be nice, but you're not doing that in real life. That's no. just not how it works, man. Nah. No. No.
0: CR tweets us. What up, CR? You know, Mr. Steeler Nation Let's Chicago go. himself. He says, Morning, my Steeler brothers. As usual, knocking it out of the park.
2: Oh, salute you. We appreciate you as always. Well, thank you, CR. He says, What say you? about Ike T becoming a scout for the Steelers. I love it, man. Ike understands what it means to be a Steeler, former teammate of mine. Um, Love what he brings to the table in terms of his toughness. The reason why I think that he'll be a really good scout is this. To me, I think some of the best coaches, some of the best players, some of the best scouts are the guys that – Played this game for a long time, but they weren't necessarily elite athletes. They weren't the freaks. When you watch Ike, Ike was never just this freakazoid player where he had four-two speed and all this other stuff. Had hands soft as butter, you know. He wasn't. Well, he definitely long didn't have time, hands soft as you know? butter. I mean, like he wasn't doing those type of things, but he was still was a heck of a player, right? Yes, Fundamentally was. sound, tough yes, as nails. But more importantly, he understood the Steeler way. So when we talk about that scouting element of it, he's going to understand how you can survive in this defense. He's going to understand how you can survive at the NFL level and make plays, even when you may not be the most athletic, because he'll be able to see certain intangibles. Mm. He'll be able to see certain things that he will know directly because of his experiences. And that's something that I think will be really beneficial for him. But then also going back to that uh, mentality thing, he understands what it means to be a Steeler. So when you're talking about scouting, it's more than just what the player can do athletically. You also need to know what his character is like, where his heart is, where his passion. You don't think Ike T understands what that means? You think about when he played here, who he played with. It matters. And that's for me why I'm excited because I think that he'll also be able to find those type of guys as well, potentially. Yeah, been an awesome opportunity for my dog right it's there. It's a man. it's
0: a very cool opportunity for him.
2: Swaggy, um, swaggy man, let's go it, do it, your thing.
0: If you've if you've been out the training camp and you you know, or somebody who pays attention to these kind of things, the last last few years you've seen him in those settings working with the Steelers at times. So it does seem like you know this isn't just something that came out of left field. Mm-hmm. You know this is something that he's been working towards. Uh, you know maybe being being groomed a little bit towards, if yeah. you will. Uh, yeah. So all the best, all the best to Ike T. And uh, and hopefully it's a uh, a long successful tenure as a yeah, Steelers
2: scout. Absolutely, man.
0: Last one uh, before we go to break. We'll get to some more tweets on the other side, as long as uh, as well as our buddy Brian Bacco of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Lieutenant Dan's legs tweets. That's my dog. This, and this is the perfect this one. This is the tweet. This, this is the tweet of the week, right this here. This is what I've
2: been waiting on my whole life, right here. Just this one, right here. There's Give it to me.
0: Pineapple shrimp. Come on. Lemon shrimp. Come on. Coconut shrimp. Come on. Pepper shrimp. Come on. And Jacksonville jumbo shrimp. You better believe
2: it. With the Bubble Gump, from Forrest Gump. Lieutenant Dan never lets I us down. I love Dan. it. I love it. Absolutely love it. <laughs>
0: We're gonna get to our last break here. Uh, final call for tweets. Still uh, uh, an opportunity to get your questions, comments, final concerns. I
2: say the last call for, oh, adult beverages.
0: Uh, last call. Yeah, you know, just for this Friday. Tweet yeah. now or forever hold your peace. Uh, uh, for like you know till Monday. For like yeah. the next. Ain't too long, but long enough for the next. Uh, what would that be seventy two hours? Man, I'm about to say don't get me the math. You know my math don't math right. At Wesley Euler at the Body 52 if you've got any, uh, any last-minute questions, comments, concerns, reactions, we'll talk to our buddy Brian Backo, and we will wrap up with your final thoughts as well, too, as we get ready for the third and final preseason game Sunday, 4.30, Akershire Stadium, against the Detroit Lions. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. This is the Steelers Blitz on SNR. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody